0: Bless up to you. And thanks for checking out the Men Talk About Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Newell, and this podcast is for everyone. This podcast features men discussing various topics in life ranging from whatever to whatever. <laughs> There's a lot that we discuss here. And we get real, we 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 dive deep into a conversation. And we have men from all different backgrounds that show up in this podcast and share their wisdom and get real in conversation, which is what this is all about. Creating this league of extraordinary gentlemen. You want to learn more? You want to have more? We do have a men talk about group in the Mighty Networks in New Wellness Neighborhood. Check the show notes for the website, which is dot club. And without any further ado, here's the podcast. Move bit yes, man. All right, listen. Blessings, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Men Talk About podcast. This is your host Paul Newell, my man Stan Lewisant. The IT, how you doing, guys? Guru. How you doing? Blessings, man. <laughs> IT guru teaching me things. And also, world traveler. Doing many beautiful things. Uh, this guy, Stan. I-, I appreciate you taking the time to be on this uh, podcast. And uh, I, I'll just give people listening an idea of how this all came about. Um, so I have been inconsistent with putting out podcasts for the past several months. Um, the inconsistency kicked off. Uh, I was. In the hospital in August for high blood pressure, and uh, to be to be direct, I, I didn't know if I was going to make it, man. I, <laughs> I didn't know. And um, you know, several months later, actually, it was like for at the time of this recording, we're in the we we're in the beginning of January. It was just New Year's Day, and I think it was like three weeks ago, Stan. We had this conversation, right? We had a combo. Yeah maybe a little longer than that I think yeah, it was before flies. Thanksgiving brother was it okay yeah All right. so, I think it was before Thanksgiving but still nonetheless what? still important right yeah yeah so we had a conversation because we talked about blood pressure and we talked about the cultural impact of what we eat and how we eat I thought it was fascinating because uh it's something I have thought about but very few are willing to have this conversation around this um And so we figured, like, listen, I figured Stan was game, like, listen, let's put this on wax and let's have it so everyone else can hear this conversation and understand what may be happening uh, inside of ourselves and also outside of ourselves. So what we're going to rock with today is how culture impacts our health and well-being. Before we get into that, though, um, Stan, this is actually the second time you've been on the podcast. Thank you for that. Uh before you not a problem, man, not a problem. Blessings. And what my man, um, his name is escaping me right Vinny? now. Vinny? Yeah, Vin Rock. Yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah, yeah. That's- I was hanging with Vinny. Vinny was uh Vinny was over the over
1: mom's house uh, this past Saturday because Haitian Independence Day was on the first. And then you know I'll, I'll I'll wrap that into uh into our food conversation when we start to have it. But um But yeah, but don't forget, Paul, the reason why I ended up calling you and talking to you about this topic was because you put it out there with your friend. I think that was a nurse practitioner, right? In regards to the heart. That's what happened. I listened to that podcast and then I called you up. So that
0: was Mm -hmm. the the catalyst to uh, opening up the dialogue yes truth and damn you're right because that podcast was before thanksgiving that was the last one i've done man that's that's the last one so um stan uh give the people a little intro um about what you do and um your favorite thing to do
1: (laughs) what i do (laughs) so what i do i'm an it consultant by day essentially um pretty much keeping a lot of small businesses up and running. And uh, as I like to say, solving uh, IT problems and computer problems that other people can't solve. So that's the, that's the by day. And uh, the what I like to do for fun uh, is I like to travel. Travel is my drug of choice. Um, I always joke around and say it doesn't hurt anybody but my pockets, right? So, uh, you know, COVID is, uh, has, has given me a blow to that, not as much as I did before on the international scale, but uh, Still, I managed to get it in, right? I still managed to get it in, not as much as I want to, uh, and not without some pain, right? You know, all the testing and testing when you get back, and the canceling of things, right? But at the end of the day, I still managed to to uh, to, to get it in as best as possible. But um, it's it's funny how it all kind of started out in terms of my acceleration. But at the end of the day, I just say I enjoy different people, different cultures, different foods, <laughs> right? Um, and, and it and it's it's really just been, uh, you know, pretty much a a main focal point of my life as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I just enjoy everything in regards to traveling. It's like some people hate dating and hate traveling. I, you know, I didn't mind dating. I mean, uh, I'm committed now, but I didn't mind a dating hey. world. I don't mind traveling. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I don't mind it, but it's like you know, it's, it's, I feel like it's love or hate. You know, with certain things, and those two things seem to come to mind in terms of some people love doing them, some people hate doing it. Right? Some people, yeah. oh, I hate being on a plane. I would ever want to be on a plane. Meanwhile, to me, being on the plane is like you and I talking right now. It don't bother me one bit. Right,
0: brother, and it's it's what it's it's really cool to see. Your picks. I I love man, I, you're one of my favorite pages to watch, man. Like, yo, when you I see a story come up, I'm like, I'm going right to that. I'm like, yo, <laughs> where is Stan in the world? <laughs> like, uh, I really appreciate, and I said this to you in a in communication recently. I I dig your vibe that pops during the pics like with your with your girlfriend, with like how you're enjoying yourself, the pics even like um, you know, we're gonna share your your uh your IG handle, seeing the foods that you eat, you know, when you're having drinks, like I, because like the foods that you eat to be more specific, I want to look at the dish. Like if I was sitting there with you, I would sit there, like, look at this exquisite presentation that they put together before I even take a bite. And I'm one of those cats, like you and I going to go out to dinner. I will sit there and savor the first bite to take in all the flavor. I'm like, <laughs> Yo, is that paprika? Is that paprika? In there? That's delicious. <laughs> like, yo, it's it's I, I so really appreciate it because it's an inspiration for me. Because right now I have I have yet to travel as often as I would like. And I see that is like really enjoying, like re- bringing a sensory experience to everything that you do, man. And mm-hmm. and you know you bring some comedy to it, man. Like I love how you have fun with <laughs> it, bro. Like it's it's beautiful to see. And I um and I want to bring I want to kick kick that off right because and, and kick it from that space because I think the relationship, and I could be wrong, but what I I think that. From what I see, I think that you have a a good relationship with food as far and what I mean by that is, you know, I see you really enjoying your food rather than shoveling shoveling it down your throat, guzzling, you no, know, washing it down with some freaking old fashions. And I'm I'm thinking that I could be wrong, but what is your relationship with food, man? Well, I think this is actually a Fantastic
1: dialogue. I didn't even think we were going to get to it to that point. But if I think about, I go, I'm not going to say historically, but I go when I was younger, right? Mm -hmm. But I always, so just a quick background, my mom's from Haiti, so similar to you in terms of Caribbean descent. Mm -hmm. Um, And once again, food is essentially the center point of anything that happens. Okay, Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things that I remember in terms of being a kid, my mom says I didn't used to eat, (laughs) so I find that to be extremely comical these days. Um, You know, she says she used to have to force me to eat, but obviously somewhere along the line my taste buds started developing. (laughs) I started to really enjoy food. Um, It's interesting in terms of the progression because I think that it was just you know normal. You eat your lunch at school, you go home. So being Haitian, I was eating rice like twice a day, right? You Humongous <laughs> bowls of rice. Um, yeah. You know, I think a lot of cultures share that, right? Everyone has True. their version of a starch, right? We yeah. have rice. Uh, the Europeans have, uh, or Germans have potatoes, right? The Italians have pasta, right? I mean, yeah. everyone's got a carb, right? It's the cheapest, cheapest thing in the world. So, wow. um, so you know, for me, it was that. And then I'm not going to lie. Uh, when I started working and started making my own money um what's very interesting is when I tell people that in our culture, meats are essentially a garnish, okay, so this whole concept of you eating a twelve to sixteen ounce steak by yourself, that's not a haitian thing right in fact i don't i I'll beg to say it's not anyone in the Caribbean thing um you know by and large like So it was very interesting when I started to make money. And then I realized, like, hold on a second. I can eat this whole thing by myself, (laughs) right? You know, I can go out and buy a 16 ounce steak or something like that. Like, that's how it's actually served, right? As a dish for one. Um, And that was very different than my upbringing. Because if my mom bought a 16 ounce piece of meat, that was for the three of us, over a couple of days in addition, you know kind of stacked on the side of our rice yeah. so yeah. understanding that this is like legitimately what you can do so i ate I, I became extremely americanized in that context uh not like i wasn't born here i'm not america i'm just saying like food wise i became yeah. americanized and then i'm and and, I, and the weight came along with it right? <laughs> right? So, yep. so uh you know i will tell you this somewhere you know definitely after high school in college I mean I hit I was a big boy I was about 235 pounds now I am a taller guy but one of the issues in that for me was I like to tell people I'm shaped like Mr. Peanut so all of my weight was sitting in the center right like an apple right stomach and chest right I had no legs no arms everyone makes fun of me about excuse me about that um but you know that was essentially my body type um Mm. Never felt any issues in regards to being a bigger guy. I didn't have a problem because guess what? You turn around, there's always someone bigger than you, right? Exactly. Um, In our, I say in this New York metro area, New Jersey metro area. Um, And then I remember this. I remember this like it was yesterday, Paul. And You didn't know this, Stan, but I went to Vegas for the first time. It was April. Pool parties. And I went to pool party at Tao Beach. And I remember, which was, you know, they call it beach, but of course it's a pool party. I remember going in there and I looked around. The first time in my life, I felt like the fat guy at the pool. Gotcha. Never felt like this before. First time. I didn't take my shirt off when I went into work. I've never done this in my life, right? I used to make fun of my friends that I knew who did stuff like that. Gotcha. But at that moment, I felt like that. And then I came back home and May, May 1st, I got on the grind. I ended up dropping about 70 pounds through diet and exercise, essentially over seven months. Right. Um, and then I went back to Vegas in November, but no one told me that it's cold in November. So there was no pool parties for me to show off my new six pack. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, come on, man. So the joke was, I was like, where's everybody? It was literally time, But, you know, okay. in, in all seriousness, I kept it. I mean, um, I didn't put the weight back on. Um, I'm, I definitely put Sony pounds back on. I'm not going to tell you I'm at 170 where I was. Right. But uh, but I have to tell you, that was a very interesting thing. And what it did for me was the feeling of feeling like the big guy or the fat guy or not looking like these other people. It was the first time I actually felt felt some kind of negative way around it. Yeah. And if anybody knows anything about me, I don't like to feel negative in any way, shape, or form. And I believe that. Uh, at the end of the day, we all have control over what we can do and should do to make ourselves not feel that way, right? Yes, so right, that's why right. I tend to have a hard time understanding or empathizing, which I should work on that, with people who feel bad about certain things. Because I feel like, you know, things that we have control over, right? Let me just say yeah. it that way. There's some things we don't have control over, but some things we have, lot, I think we have a lot. We have control over a lot more
0: things than we like to admit we have control over. So Absolutely. That applies to all of us. Yeah, it's all choice. I'm so, curious, like Stan, how long ago was this? Was this 2021 or was this 2020? No. No, no. wait, dude, long before you knew me. So this was
1: '09. Wow. This was 2009. Okay. So you never, you never, you never knew that Stan. And now it's funny because I, you know, I have plenty of friends that knew me back then. Um, plenty of, I mean, I'm, I'm going to probably find a picture for you now just to mess with you, right? But yo, uh, you know, yo. plenty of folks. I know plenty of, you know, there's plenty of people who knew me back then. I mean, like I said, you, uh, you, that was prior, prior to even, you know, me, me and, uh, me and you, but uh, yeah. oh, I'll find, I'll find you a photo and just to give you
0: a, yeah, <laughs> a please. Little, I got to see that. I remember I, when I met you, when you were, uh, when you were working out with Flo, with Chris yeah. Flo, and I was yeah. like, no, yeah, he, yeah, he didn't get me back then. <laughs> got still, you. Yeah, that was so, still pre him. So this was this is this is really interesting to me because I think this plays into what for several reasons what you just said plays into this conversation that we're diving into about the culture in our health and well-being. In one instance it it talks to the body image. Right? The body image mm-hmm. of, of you going to the pool and you having this perception of like, oh shit, I'm the fat guy at the pool party. I'm keeping my shirt on. I did the same thing when I was a kid. I never took my shirt off. I still got body dysmorphia. I don't like, I could be, I can have an eight, I can have a 12 pack. And I'm like, people are like, Paul, take your shit mm-hmm. off. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Mind your business. <laughs> you know, I yeah. just, me personally, it's something that I'm working on, right? To be able to be more comfortable of taking my shirt off in public and, that's that's like a perception, like if uh, a cultural perception. I think where it's all right if I don't if I fail to look a certain way. I have mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be free of taking my shirt off. I'm gonna keep my shirt on, so I I keep all these goodies and like what I see what I feel about myself on the inside. Now something you mentioned before we even got on on the recording was the the older cultural perception of weight. Uh, was actually a sign of wealth. It was a sign that you oh, were wealthy. And, correct. Right. Correct. So, so this is what this
1: is this is what's very interesting about cultures, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, look, America, we're we're literally the mixing, the melting pot, right? Obviously, everybody says that, but one of the things is in other cultures, and I'm going to say Haitian culture is included. I mean, if you are a bigger person. It means you are a wealthy person. That's because right. in other countries, you can't get fat if you don't have money to buy food. Exactly. As opposed to, like I say, in the US, because in the US, we can have five bucks and keep buying a bunch of Mickey D's every day and gain weight, right? right. And or uh, you know, other things you shouldn't be eating, right? right? But in other countries, for the most part, you have to have resources, or at least you used to have to have resources to um you know, to to gain that kind of weight. So if you right. walked around with a with a big belly, people are like, I want to be around that guy, or I want to hang out with that guy or girl because that means that they have resources, right? And if they have resources that I don't, I want to be around them. So, um, right. you know, I don't know about you growing up, but I know I used to hear it all the time, right? I mean, you know, so if we if we we'll dial that back in, yeah. So in regards to I think family and food, right? Because one of the things that I feel like that I've had this dialogue over and over again is if you talk to most people of some of ethnic this descent, right of, of, of non-European descent, uh, descent, everything, every social gathering really revolves around food. Yes. Right. And eating people's food and bringing food. And if you don't eat someone's food, you were looked at like what is wrong with you, yeah. right? Yeah. I remember to date one of my aunts, you know, one of my cousins, actually. We were at some event and it probably was during this time that I was really hardcore dieting. Uh, you know, call it dieting, lifestyle change, however you want to call it. And yeah. there was something I didn't put on my plate. And she looked at me and she said, I don't understand your plate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right? Right? Wow. She said, I don't understand your plate. Hey, like, auntie what said are, you, this, what right? are you
0: doing? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, I don't understand your plate. Like, what the heck is going on? Because, you know, if you're not eating what's cooked, right? It's like, it's like, it's almost like a diss, right? Right. It's like, hold on. Like, I put my heart and soul in it, or I put my foot in it, like some people say, right? And, And you don't want it. So I think there's just so many different dynamics. And listen, this is not to say that, you know, anyone else doesn't, doesn't, or any other cultures don't have it, but it's definitely, I think held onto more, how can I say this? Um, It's more pertinent in ethnic communities because they tend to have less. So whatever we do have, people tend to you know, want to, want to really blow it out, you know,
0: right. um,
1: you know, just look at any of those potlucks, potlucks, potlucks that people do with their jobs, right? You know where the good food's coming from. What <laughs> You already know, yo, 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 you know what, like, yo,
0: who brought that dish? You know, it got the seasoning, you know, it's got the seasoning. Yeah. Man. When, it, when, yo, it, for me, I, I get what you're saying because like those potlucks, when I say, oh, shoot, man, yo, that brother, yo, okay, that sister brought that potato salad. Okay. I know that just going to be, I know that's going to have some good taste yeah. to it. It's wild. Because uh, my parents are from, my parents uh, are of Jamaican descent. My, my dad, Jamaican and Cuban. My mom, uh, Jamaican, West Indian, which I think is all, it's Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, a couple instances I can recall that are very similar to what you said. Uh, when I first time I went to Jamaica, 13 like I didn't I didn't know about Jamaican culture like and and I didn't grow up like how my brothers my older brothers and sister grew up where like my parents were were working and grinding and struggling and they were like yo we got some liver Mm -hmm. we're gonna cook up some liver with some rice because it was what it was what was for dinner and it was in the in the budget right my mom would season it up and then like maybe you know she I remember when she was alive she'd always talk about listen I remember I used to get the day-old meat I used to season it up, right? And manager special. Manager, manager special. That's my man. You know what I'm talking about. So there was the manager special. So there was a lot of seasonings that went into it. A lot of the starches and things off on the side. Mm-hmm. May, may not have had as many strips of steak, right? Like you were talking about 16 ounces to myself? What? Mm-hmm. Before it'd be like, okay, you're gonna get a couple slivers here. Here's some rice and here's some broccoli. Mommy broccoli. You can have as much rice as you want, though. You can have as much as rice as much you want.
1: As much rice though. as you <laughs> want, right? Much <laughs> I rice. I don't, as don't you know want. about you, but we, used to, my mom used to buy the forty pound bags of rice, man.
0: Brother, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Hand is up, hand is up. So it's it's interesting because like I remember that, and it was like if I didn't eat, it was like hella high water. Like who do you think you are? Don't you know like. There's people that don't, don't have shit, mm-hmm. that don't have anything. And yeah. I think that's part of the culture, too, because of, and you and I talked about this, where uh, I'm going to speak on two cultures, like the culture of the U.S., where it's uh, <clears throat> best way to describe it is the culture of, well, I can't, I, 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 I can't afford that good stuff, so I'm just going to get what I can afford, which may tend to be the four for four at Wendy's, right? The, the special right and to have food that's decadent that's rich. yo, that's some rich people shit, man. We don't have money for that. Like perfect example when I started doing juices like my main intention is to bring these juices to ethnic or to um, to urban areas. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I first started making the juices, I make it with glass and I make it with organic juices. So the price is a little bit higher than if I took like the regular whatever, however you want to say it, the, the other veggies. And I remember people being like, "Yo, man, they're not gonna be, they're not gonna resonate with that in the hood." And I was like, "That's interesting, because this is all natural stuff. This is nature. But again, there's a perception of like this is some like whole food culture. You better go to Pathmark, you know what I mean? You better hook up Pathmark. You better (laughs) hook up shop, stopping shop. So there's this perception of 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 status that is still, in my judgment, aligned with the food and what we take into our bodies like even if you think about alcohol right like bourbon scotch like yo we make a ripple man like you know it's like there was there was just different things that in our yep. culture, ethnic culture for black culture i'm gonna speak of because that's what we are or we're caribbean culture like yo man it was like we were mixing like guinness with condensed milk <laughs> you know i remember my dad drinking that back in the day yeah and it stretched it because we may not have <laughs> a lot of money for a six pack of guinness we may have some some. We have the kind. We, we were eating like these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the, so for those who are listening, Stan just twisted up on us. You're gonna see in the video. He's he's brought his he brought his spirit animal out, uh, the panda. Uh, <laughs>
1: the so pandas, it's, baby. So it's about, <laughs> eating bamboo all day. That's it. But you know what? But but you know what? So, in regards you know, one of the things is if you know that you have a finite amount of money, right? So let's just get into people's brains, right? Like if you know you have a finite amount of money, what are you going to do, right? An X amount for a resource. So let's just pretend, let's just say that you have a hundred dollars to eat. I don't know. I'm just making a number up. And let's just say that's supposed to last you the week. Right. I mean, or, or two weeks, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to go over volume. See, one of the things that I can say that I definitely learned I can tell is being an American. Listen, let me tell you something. We watched a show. We, me and Jay watched this show called uh, Ninety Day Fiance. Okay, and this is where an American, right, finds somebody in some other country, and then they have ninety days to marry it. Right. So the new season just started, and it's before the ninety days. And there's a, uh, I think he's Japanese. There's a Japanese guy who's in Japan. He's got his American woman who's from, like, Idaho, okay, and she is a bigger woman, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and his mom asked him this, like, is she fat? And he said, well, of course, she's an American. She eats desserts. (laughs) So there's also a perception of America that maybe we are the biggest. I don't, I don't know, right? I don't, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know, right? But there's also a perception from other cultures that we are a certain way, right? That we are, you know, uh, I don't know, if you know, in regards to food, or you're talking about organic and not, right? There's a whole thing about, um, right, Europe, right? They say it all the time. If, if a European ship rejects food because of what it has, send it to America.
0: I've heard that. Because
1: they'll take it. Right, Right. because they take everything. Right, they eat anything. So, but if but if we back up, like one of the things that I can tell you is, especially when you're looking at a finite amount of money, to feed X amount of people, quantity becomes important. And I've talked to so many people about this that some people feel, you know, I say this all the time. Excuse me. The more money you spend on food. The less you get on your plate. If I take you to a fine dining restaurant and we literally spend $200 on each plate, you're going to have less food on your plate than if we went to a Chinese or Portuguese restaurant, I mean, takeout place, right? Right. Like, and spent, you know, 10 to 20 bucks. And, you know, whether it's the artisan quality right whether they can get away with it whether it's the quality of the meat right they claim it's all of those things but i have to just tell you something right in this country versus other places as you go up the scale which is what you were mentioning
0: earlier you actually get less and less on your plate well yeah wow 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 how is the food quality though like, what I mean is, like, when well, you have less food on your plate, which is another thing for as far as plate size, we're going to get to that in a second, what is the quality from in your perception of the food you would get at that higher rate or higher, um, I guess, echelon of dining compared to what you would get at a, I don't know, like, a quote-unquote Well,
1: I mean, well, you know what's interesting about that? so. So, And I think you, you, whether you realize it or not, will be able to relate to this. Nothing is going to hit like your, your, your folks cooking, right? So I can go and eat my mom's yep. food or, or go to a Haitian restaurant or, you know, to be honest with you, for me, any Caribbean restaurant, right? And eat, you know, that food that costs, you know, 15 to 20 bucks a plate kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you're just going to have that feeling of at home. Right, you know, yeah. at home, like oh, comfort. Right, it might do your childhood. Right, right. Uh, my girlfriend says for her, I think it's tuna casserole or something. Right, like everybody's got that. Everyone has whatever that dish is. Right, they got like, that oh, family culture kid, meal. Wait, they got that family culture meal, right? Yeah. Um, and then, like you know, so I'm just gonna say, I you know, there, I do want to put it in a different emotional category. But you know, you go to a high end restaurant that actually does delivers on what they say. Believe me. I've said it, people have seen my face. It is an experience. I have said this many times. I just went on a culinary journey. Yes, brother. And I loved every second of it. Yes. So there is a difference. I'm not gonna tell you that all of the restaurants are created equally, because some people charge and they're not worth what they're charging, right? right? But when you do get that place that hits, Mm. you're like, oh my God,
0: mm. Mm. I
1: just got transformed. Yes. Right? Yes. Whether it's the combination Holy of the flavors, yep. whether it's, yeah, you're just like, I don't want it to end, right? And usually in those settings, you know, those are multi-courses, right? It's not about one big plate. It's about your first course, your second. It's the yes. whole journey, right? Your your wine that's paired with it, right? Yes. Um, you know, oh, so I'll it, it that, is man. it is a little bit more that but I'm going to hit you with something else since I got I got my pandas on the background. <laughs> you want to talk about food? Yes. Okay. Dan Dan a lot of people know what Dan Dan noodles are, right? Or No, uh, what or, is that? Or want No, Dan Dan noodles. So, uh so by the way, Asia is one of my favorite destinations predominantly because of food, right? The food scene is just unbelievable. So, Dan Dan noodles is essentially minced pork um in a there is peanut butter in it and a peanut butter um it's like a peanut sauce, right? And let me not say peanut butter, peanut sauce. That's pretty much a little bit of peanut sauce, soy sauce and Szechuan chili oil. Okay, so it's spicy. Uh, now I make a mean Szechuan chili oil. So next time I make some, I'll, I'll give you some. But Szechuan chili oil, right, mixed in, and then you essentially take your minced pork, right, small pieces. So it's funny because it looks like there's a lot of pork in the dish, but there's really not because of what else is mixed in there. Some scallions, right, some green onions, and then your noodles, okay? Uh, it's actually uh. a very quick dish to make. I can make it in probably under half an hour. Um and, you know, if you go to a restaurant here and get it like an authentic Szechuan restaurant, you're probably paying about 10 to 15 bucks a bowl. And what I want to say is when I went to Asia, uh, when I, China, well, Chengdu and specifically, which is where the Szechuan region is, a dollar, US dollar, one US dollar for a bowl of this, right? And mind you, once again, wow, fantastic, amazing, right? Yeah. Um, food, you know, and and that's, predominantly because of the strength of our dollar at the time. But, um, but what I'm saying is you, what you can't get that quality of food though, here for a U S dollar here, you're going to get fast food, right? You're going to get Mickey D's, right. Uh, yeah. K, or not KFC, Mickey D's, Wendy's right. Burger King, right. Yeah. All, everything that was made someplace else shipped to this place. But over there, you're literally at a small restaurant, you know, family owned or, or a stall, and they make it fresh, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between food that's made fresh and food that's not. And I tell people this all the time, like, you know, for instance, you know, you're spending 15 to 20 bucks on a burger, no matter where you go. Now I'm saying like, if you go to a, a chain restaurant versus a a restaurant where, you know, a pub or something where, you know, they're literally grounding up the meat in the back and yeah. you might as well just go to that restaurant now right yeah, you know there's true, no reason true. in
0: and my mind to even go right
1: yeah so why am I going go to go to a chain restaurant that it's been shipped in it was frozen they just heated up the patty they do a bun, you know put a little dressing? like I'm just saying you're paying the same amount now so you might as well just go to the more artisan place I guess right is, is, what, is what I'll use but if you but if we go back to in, in what I want to say is family or cult- culturally, um, I guess I'm saying the same thing, but it's it, to, to me, it's it can't be understated that um, when you have a family gathering, it's about who's cooking what, who's bringing what, right? Everybody can't wait to gather around, right? So I brought up Haitian Independence Day and, and seeing Vinny on on Saturday, on the first, mm-hmm. yeah, Saturday was the first, so let me tell you the, let me, let me relate food to this. So look this up. So, I mean, I'm going to give you guys a history. So when Haiti was under, uh, you know, rule by the French, right? And the Haitian slaves, there was a soup called soup jubou, okay? Um, it's a squash-based soup, right? And the slaves were, would, would, would um, what do you call it? Would cook the soups, prepare the soups, and serve the soups. To the French, but they were never allowed to have it. So when Haiti over, when the Haitians overthrow through the French and yeah. gain it, and we gain our independence, now Haitian Independence Day, which is January first, every January first, Haitians all over the world are making soup jumbo, and we eat it. Word. So before our independence, right, we were not allowed to eat it. Right. Now we gain our independence. The heck with you, right? We're going to eat this soup. So it I think it was very interesting. We're eating We're taking that. But what's very interesting is here we go, right? We're talking about food in the sense of someone was allowed to cook something and to prepare it and to serve it, but they weren't allowed to have it themselves because they were below what this soup was. Mm. Now. I don't know the reason. I never do- dove into it. But I'm just telling you, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Haitians everywhere. I'm, if you have any, aside from me on your feed, you probably saw it. And, and the joke is we eat that thing for the next two weeks because, our, you know, everybody makes a pot so big um, yeah, that, you know, that, that we keep eating it. and yeah. keep leftovers. But, but literally we're talking about, I think we're talking about food in the sense of literally telling somebody you can't have this. Right. This is your, 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 this is above you. This dish, not for you.
0: Right. right.
1: And now, like I said, obviously we flipped it upside down. Um, so it's, it's very interesting. And I, there was a, one thing I saw a uh, YouTube video years ago where a Haitian guy was in France, you know, was playing play of Haitians in, in, in Paris. Yeah. And on the first, he was walking around the main sites of Paris with a big bowl of the soup. And he was eating it and he was asking any of the French people, you know, the the locals, do you want some soup? do you want some soup? Right. Do you want, and obviously none of them understood the significance of it. Right. Or what this was all about. But his whole point was to say like, no, no, here you guys go. Like, so, so, you know, they don't know what it was about, but it was just so, so, you know, uh, partially comical. Right. Like, remember, you didn't want us to have the soup, right. We couldn't eat this soup. Like you sure you don't want any now, you know, know, here it is. I got a big bowl for everybody. We can all eat it together, you know, and everybody just kind of (laughs) walked away. But, it's interesting, like I said, if you go back you know 200
0: years, you know you know it was the real problem. So this is wild and thank you for for and thank you for sharing that, because I think that is the energetic and it could be energetic, spiritual or or the the collective mindset of a culture, right? Because even when you look at um uh, the the black American culture and slavery. Even though it's like, oh my God, slavery was so long ago. Well, that's really four or five generations back. <laughs> you know, if you look at it, right? And that mindset still lives where when you talk about, I'm going to prepare a dish that I'm not allowed to eat, there's a mindset of like, oh, listen, you can make it, but you're not good enough to have this, which I think translates into a lot of the culture now where it's like, we're going we, to eat the chitlins, the hogmaw. And then when you talk mm-hmm. about, um, and this is one of the things that we spoke about in our conversation where, you know, when we talk about the heart disease statistic, it's predominant, it's it's dominant in the Black culture. They say African-American culture, whatever, however you want to table, the Black culture. And a lot of the foods that we have conditioned, been conditioned to eat are some of the things that are the undesirable parts of the cow like and this? And this brings me to another story, uh, another scenario I had when I was younger. I never wanted to eat a lot of Jamaican food, right? Like aki and sawfish. Like I never, I never had. Like I, I, for me, I was like, no, I'm not you're like, my, you're like my brother. You're like, you're like my brother. Is he younger?
1: Is he? Like, my brother wanted, what? what my, yeah, he's younger. He's younger. He wanted, he wanted the pasta dishes. He wanted the, the lasagna and the macaroni and cheese. Right. Well, it was wild <laughs> he because he didn't, the, he didn't wait, 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 he didn't eat any of the soup on Saturday in case you're wondering.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. you, interesting. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. So your brother and I are, are very similar, right? because well at that mindset I had back then because what I found was my dad would constantly like when my parents got divorced like my dad got the easy stuff so like whenever I stay with them we go get like chicken and fries and a biscuit at chicken holiday in town we go to Summit Diner get some burgers and fries but then when my mom was cooking the stuff right like the good stuff I was like I don't want this so she wanted me to start to have more Jamaican food, right? And I didn't want anything of it. Especially, even when I went down to Jamaica, my, my family was like, "Polly, you have to eat this. And I was like, no, I want some chicken, I want some. When I was down in Jamaica- Come on, I man, was, you
1: didn't eat
0: any of that good jerk chicken down there, man, yes, at least. <laughs> yes, I did, eventually I did. You know what happened? Oh, okay. You know, so Stan, I got to tell you a quick story. So uh, I remember my auntie Norma. we were at her house and I didn't want to eat anything. And my dad was like, you know, he's like, he was frustrated. And my auntie Norma was like, oh, Paul, we're going to, I'm going to make you something. You want some chicken? I was like, yeah. Got excited. Now she got down in Jamaica, man. Chickens, there's farms, you know, chickens running all over the place. I see her go grab a chicken, cut the yeah. head off. And the body He's running. Body's running around. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? She's like, we're gonna make you some chicken. I was like, I don't want that. And then my dad was like frustrated. He's like, you're gonna eat this chicken. And let me tell you, that chicken was the best chicken I've had. It was fresh. It was free range. Free range. Right. Was free range. That's real free range. That's real free range, gang. So it's like, wow. So at that moment, I understood. It was like, look, man, that was the, that was the, that concept resonated with me as far as the freshness of food and living off the land right, and being able to embrace the culture. Now, fast forward, um, I'm about 19. I go to my auntie's house um, up in Connecticut, and she's like, oh, I'm gonna make you some steak. You want some steak? I'm like, yeah, this is, okay, cool. She makes a steak for me, right? And I'm like, auntie, this is real tender. She was like, you like it though? I was like, yeah, it tastes real good. She was like, that's oxtail. I was like, "Yeah." give me oxtail! This is delicious though. <laughs> I was like <laughs> sucking on the bone, right? Because now think about that, right? Oxtail, chitlins, gizzards, all these things that have been made popular in culture were the remnants of what we served to the master, to like someone else, right? This is the stuff that we had to have in the back and closed doors. Or this is what they gave us to like, you have this, we're gonna have this decadent thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it carried across where it's like uh there's a there's a thing of uh of shame that's given to men or to people when it's like, nah, you know what? I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna I need to eat this for my health, and I'm gonna have some kale or some sauteed kale. Kale, we got some greens, collard greens still got a lot of nutrients in it, which is great, although how we may prepare it may drain a lot of the nutrients, so I think it's important and it's and it brings to mind one of my clients last year. We were doing this this challenge uh, for work and he participated in and I remember him saying he was like man Paul this is difficult to stay committed on the food when I have a lot of these family functions. So I got curious as to why he was like, man, Paul, he's like, I got people were clowning me. There was a lot of people were trying to embarrass me that I was like, I had a lot of greens on my plate rather than like, you know, all the, 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 mm-hmm. the thing that he's supposed to have. And I said, this is fascinating because, you know, when we look at the culture and, and I'm going to say in the black culture, and I'm also going to say in the lower socioeconomic Portion of our civilization. It's like to have something that is nutritious or good at times is seen as like, you're like, yo, what's wrong with you, man? Who are you trying to be all up in Hasidity? What's this? Whereas that's like,
1: just like, if you said, you don't want to have a drink, everybody looking at you sideways, right?
0: And that's another piece, right? Cause our culture, what's our culture? You got to
1: explain yourself, right? We, we, we created a situation where people have to explain why they do what they do, right? right. But I think that's mainly not because I, I, I personally think that that has nothing to do with you. It has to do with how you're making the other person feel, how exactly. they feel about themselves because they know they shouldn't be having this. They know they shouldn't be doing something. So if you're doing the right thing, They're then looking at you as, you know, almost like, you know, by you doing the right thing, you're attacking what they're doing because you're doing the opposite of it, right? So it's got more to, as far as I'm concerned,
0: it has more to do with them than you. It's you hit it on the head. You hit it on the head. And I think, and that's the impact of culture, right? It's like if one and this is the part where I, I think more people get to recognize, like, hey, listen, if you're on that health and well-being game. And I'm sure I'm I'm thinking it was the same for you when you took that journey, that flip on your journey to lose the 70 pounds. It's you have to be solid in self and realize that you're going to take some arrows. People are going to project on you. Alice, are you?
1: you, Listen, I remember you got me. Now you got me think. First of all, I could do this. If I went to a bar with friends. Yeah. I learned. I didn't even explain myself. Actually, I would, I would allow myself an Amstel light. I remember one Amstel light, not two, one. Um, and then what I would do is I would get club soda with a lime. Right. It looked yep. like I got a drink. Nobody knows. Yep. Right. Just to just to keep the, the appearance up, you know, sip on it. Uh, the other thing is I remember going out to for dinners. Right. People for birthdays and stuff like that. Um one one of the tricks I used to deploy is I would tell the waiters to cut my food in half, right? Put half of it in a to go container for me. Um or or how I would order, hey, is this sauteed? Is this in oil? Is this in butter? I would ask those questions. And people would be like, well, you know, what's wrong with And i say, "Yo, don't worry about my plate, worry about yours, don't worry Yo, about bless mine." Up. I, I'm not asking you what's on your plate. Yo. So, no, it is, you know, as tough it is it, it is as tough as it is to do these things. You know, you are still, and then you're fighting society on top. of it. So it's weird because society is telling you that you need to be slimmer and you need to look a certain way. But it, on the other side, society is also telling you that you shouldn't be doing the things that get you there. Right. right. And when you do them and you share it, it makes people feel bad. So, you know, which, Brother. which
0: one do you want? Right. Brother. Isn't that which one crazy? Do you want? It's a shell game, man. Oh, it's yeah. A shell game. It's like <laughs> you know, what you said. It resonates. Yeah. Cause I did when I was, when I was heavier and I was like struggling, really struggling with both places, I was up to 245 pounds. And like, I could, like, I could pull it off. Right. Cause like, I mean, it's a broader circumstance. He's in Cali now. It's a mm-hmm. broad, I had a broader frame, <laughs> uh, but it's wild because I remember doing the same thing. Right. Especially like whenever I was on a fast or detox, like, and I saw this a lot when I was on detox a couple of years ago and, and people were like, what, what, what? You're not eating? Like what? I was like, no, I'm on this diet. Why? Why are you doing that? You know, why are you getting so skinny? I was like, I'm taking care of myself. I'm like, my blood pressure is nice. I like if I, I'm not skinny, if I took my shirt off, you'd be like, oh, you know, like I got musculature there. It's not like I'm freaking emaciated. Uh, and mm-hmm. I remember experiencing it then. And I remember also like when I was, when I, when I got separated and I was dating more often, and I started getting out of control with the drinky drinks, man. And like going out and like, you know, out of depression. Dating and do that to you, man. Ooh, child. <laughs> and, man. It, and it gets, ex- and dating gets expensive. It gets expensive, <laughs> bro. Another expensive habit.
1: What? Listen, <laughs> people talk about you gotta, like doing you, you, off. I mean, you, I, well, well, you don't have to worry about that no more, right? But nah, it, coffee done. dates, bro. That was the trick. Coffee dates in the park, man. That was gotta be your first dates, man. Yeah, Everybody gets That's get how dinner, I evolved,
0: man. bro. That's how I evolved But like yo Let's get to know each other Let's go for a walk It was like that Old Dave Chappelle Half yeah. eight It's nice five outside 35. It's nice outside Yeah <laughs> Yo it's nice Let's go for a walk <laughs> I remember right There was And also This was on dating And also when I was When I was um, married I remember my wife She was like Because I would do The same thing you did I would take I would cut the meal in half I would I would have the waiters Give me the food On a small plate Now I remember my my former wife was like, I can't deal with this. I'm eating more than you. I feel, I feel horrible, which comes back to what you said. It has nothing to do with me. I That's feel, on you. I feel, right? I feel, right? I feel. Well, but this is the thing. And I hear this,
1: especially, you know, people say this all the time. Like, And I've heard this. Like, if you live within a house with somebody and both people aren't doing on the plan, it's going to be very hard. Very difficult. Very difficult. Yes, it can be very hard if both people are on a plane. See, what I always tell people is for me, eating at home has never been the problem, because I can control what comes into the house. Eating out. There's there's no now. Now I'm saying there's there's no holes barred. Right. I enjoy it too much. It's a social event. Um, I mean, even New Year's. Right. As at my my buddy's house. I mean, he's he loves to cook. Right four course meal, four or five course meal, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, red meats and everything like that. And, you know, it's just what we do. And, you know, we, we do have to address this other part in terms of, although we have this thing where I said, like, it's outside of the U S where, you know, having a bigger belly or something like that in a lot of places is seen as a sign of wealth in a way it's, not that it's not that having a belly, I'm saying, is seen as a sign of wealth here, but the things you can eat, right? So go to any high-end restaurant, you know. Um, I like to call it the drug dealer menu. I laugh, right? Steak and lobster, so right, That's right. Yeah. call the drug dealer. So wow. no, no, but like there are certain things that are on menus, right? Yeah, You know, no matter where you go. And maybe they're mid-range restaurants, but I mean, think about it. We have whole restaurants that are steakhouses, right? But, yeah. but, but wait, we want to talk about things that are bad for us. Um, I mean, if you subscribe to the fact that beef and dairy is bad for us, then why are those the two industries that our government subsidizes? Hmm.
0: Huh. <laughs> uh, let's, go let's go there, man. Do they subsidize the, the kale farm? No.
1: Right? Is a, right? a cabbage farm subsidized? Is the a male farm? I mean, well, yeah. yeah, there yeah. So, you
0: so since you cracked this door open, there's I'm going to There's a money gonna, component to somewhere. all
1: of this too, you know? There's
0: what? There's what? I said there's always a money component, right? There's always a monetary component. I think there is, man. Because, I mean, like, if you look at, like, looking at the the meat industry, uh, and like you know, I, I, I've seen some of these videos that people put out, especially like vegetarians or vegans who put out about how meat is treated. I think it's, I think it's shifted the, the impact of how we relate to food. And what I mean by that Stan is, uh, uh, indigenous populations, right? Like I, I, I always bring up avatar. Cause I think this is the best example If indigenous populations. If they were to kill an animal to survive, they honor the animal. They're like, "Thank mm-hmm. you for being, thank you for your sacrifice to sustain us." And then they take the ruta from the tudor. They take the skin, clothe themselves in the winter time. They use everything about that animal to make the most of the animal because in their perception the animal made a sacrifice for them to live. Now mm-hmm. we fail to think about that. Like whenever I go someplace, I'm like, oh, I'm going to take, I'm going to say grace. And people look at me like I'm crazy. And I say, look, man, thank this food. Thank whatever energy this food gave up to for us to sustain ourselves. Thank the cooks in the back for, for, yeah. for making this food because it's an energy around. And I think the way that meat and dairy has been produced there's a toxic energetic in it, which creates this inflammation in our body. Like these, there's so many things that are pumped into the foods nowadays, right? That gives it the ability to be able to be sold at a rate where it's like I can get a a, a Wendy's four for, for, for four for so four dollars. I can get the burger, I can get this, mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It's mass produced because they make mm-hmm. so much. It's less. It's like if I get more veggies, if I'm able to uh, order more veggies, I can get it at a lower cost, right? It's the same and, and be able to a- adjust that to my customers. It's the same thing with the beef and with the dairy and like everything they put in it so that the beef can last on the shelves. And and it's and it comes back to, uh, I think, what you were saying before where it's an experience, right? It's like people can- yeah. Uh, people can have food, but like if I I can taste the freshness of a food, like oh man, like whoa, what what was it? Yeah, about? you
1: know you you know this thing you know this thing come from one of those uh, big mass farms, right? And maybe that's the difference with well well listen, a friend of mine has chickens, right? right. I tell you right now, you crack one of his eggs and you put it next to a store bought egg, and it looks like that yolk looks like night and day. Yo, right? Ain't it something? yoke looks like night and day, right? Yeah, the coloring and the depth of the color, right? Just in an yep. egg, right? Just you know, in an egg. But you know what? But part of this too. Uh, I watch a lot of the, those Alaska shows, right? You know, uh, you know, living on the tundra and all that. Yes. But you know, of course, it's always comical because there's a bunch of camera people, producers there, but we will pretend that they're by themselves. But uh, <laughs> but the other thing I'm going to say is, which is interesting, is no, which which they talk about it, and I and it's kind of what you just mentioned. We also have all myself included. I'm not ex- excluding myself from this. We're also very far we've really detached ourselves from the process in which we get food.
0: Right. Right, man.
1: Right. So, so like what you saw in Jamaica with what your aunt did, right. With the chicken, like it doesn't get any closer than that. Right. I assume she raised the chicken or had whatever it is and fed the chicken and whatever. And then her, her nephew came to town and he needed to eat and, that chicken your time is up right yeah. so i'm just saying in the sense of like you know i couldn't i wouldn't know how to kill and skin a chicken right i mean i don't know how to you know pull guts out so we've also become extremely uh because i think if you had to do that we wouldn't eat this stuff in the quantities in which we do because oh, it wouldn't be it honestly sustainable in your own if you're you know creating your own uh your own um you know, your own supply, right? You know, you're eating yeah. your own supply. You wouldn't be having chicken every other day. I mean, you would, how many chickens are you going to have at your house? Right? right. So I think that the, I actually think that, you know, and, you know, they look, this is industrialization, right. Which has brought a lot of good. And I believe that, you know, there's some, some, some bad in it as well. Um, but at the same time, look, I remember, I remember going to Colorado. Uh, I remember this like it was yesterday and one of the things I learned is pretty much nobody that's in Colorado is from Colorado. And most people in Colorado go there because they like the lifestyle, right? Active, right? Very conscious about what they eat and all this kind of stuff. And one of the things that I remember was going to a fast food place and then having brown rice, them having, you know, kale. them ha- And I was like, I've never, been to a fat at the time been to a fast food place on the east coast that had these options and i was looking at them about eight years ago eight nine years ago easily so but but it wasn't like i didn't have to go fight to find it it was just there you know it was just right there and then i i did some research and then i learned like you know mayors and and you know you know people like people like literally running triathlons and you know like it's like it's being outdoorsy, being active is the thing. So, you know, reality is I'm not going to say there's no active people here, but it's a lifestyle. I think in some areas of the country, that place in particular, because I remember it more so than some other places. And I think that that's pretty interesting as well. Look, I'm not going to lie. I find every opportunity to not, uh, not move if i don't have to, right. So, right. so so yeah. I understand right. I, I get the concept that a body in motion stays in motion, the body at rest stays at rest, right, but it's just uh we uh we're fighting our own uh how can I say this um, well, actually, one thing I do want to mention about food and eating and and what your parents said to you and what my mom said to me and what plenty of kids in. What I'm going to consider are the lower socioeconomic status might have heard.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You need to eat everything on your plate because there's someone that doesn't have food to eat. And reality is, I hate to say this, but me eating everything on my plate does not give somebody else any food. And secondly, it actually is a negative thing because it creates a situation where now even I, and even you without even realizing it, who sees a plate of food in front of me has to finish my plate of food, even yeah. if I'm full or not. Because right. what did they say? It takes 20 minutes for your stomach to tell your brain that it's full,
0: Word. right? Yep. That's what
1: I always, I, that's what yeah. I always heard. So, yes. and I remember being at a friend's house. I remember being at a friend's house, not gonna lie. I remember being at a friend's house. And we were all eating dinner at the table with salmon and some other side. And her daughter was eating. And her daughter said, I'm done. And there was still, you know, half of her plate was there. And I looked and I said, what do you mean she's done? I said, she's still got her food there. And she and, and, and uh, my friend looked at me and said, no, if she's full, she's done. Yeah. And that was the complete opposite of my upbringing. Right. And to be honest with you, that's the right way.
0: Yes, brother.
1: Right? Because sometimes we eat just to eat, not because we need to eat.
0: Right.
1: Right? Like you're full and your mom's like, you're not leaving the table until your food is done. Right. And now here you are being, you're, you're becoming an overeater with, and nobody realizes it. Right? Yes. Because they're looking <laughs> from a different perspective of the reason I'm telling you to eat is because I don't want you to be wasteful. Right, but but it's cre- like it's solving one. they trying to solve one problem, creating another essentially. Right, right, um, right. And I think that that's extremely interesting. Um, and like I said before that moment, and honestly, I have to tell you, I haven't seen it again. Like being out out of, out of my friend's house, like I saw her do it and heard her husband do it, and I haven't seen anyone else do that again. Like, oh, you're full. Stop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: always like, you got to finish eating. In fact, one of my good friends told me a story the other day on how his uncle used to not only make, make you eat your food, but if you threw your food in the garbage can, he would take it out of the trash, put it on your plate, and tell you, you need to finish it. Wow. Now, that's extreme. Now, but you got, i think you I think you have to understand the circumstances in which some of these folks came from to understand that, right? There's always a backstory right, right. so yes. if they they didn't have so they're coming from the not having right so i think you know Scarcity. as much as everybody wants to tell us to to ignore yeah, as much as people want it like you said, as much as people have arguments about history and some things are too long ago or whatever i mean reality is we all do things. Or, you know, in the, I mean, our future selves are predicated amongst what happens now and in the past, right? So I think it's 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 very hard to disassociate um, the past with what we're doing, right? Because in a lot of contexts, like you said, like, you know, and, and I'm going to piggyback on it, seasonings, right? Seasonings is really an ethnic thing more so than anyone else, than just basic salt and pepper is what I mean. Predominantly right. because you had to make something that wasn't supposed to taste good, taste good, be edit- edible and palatable. Right. So it's very hard and I've done it and I know you've done it as well, right? Because I feel like we had similar stories in that respect. It's very hard to, to, to make, you know, to, to have this become our new normal okay mm, um mm, eating mm, foods mm. that are less seasoned mm-hmm. right 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 what did you and this guy tell about on your show the dash diet right, right. the dash diet listen i tried to, i did it. i'm not gonna tell you it didn't work right except it was hard it's, it's hard. hard right you know yeah. one of the problems with all of this is you're you're trying to tell us to deprogram 30 40 plus years of our own lives and how we were raised Right. To now fit into this new way, now I get it if we don't do it we're going to have hell to pay, but I hate to say this I see too many I, I I see some people who have been healthy their whole lives croak, and I see people who have done everything you 're not supposed to do and be ninety five years old yep. so i don't know if there's really um I, I, I really i hate to say it I hate to be uh be like that you know, and just take the pills right just take the pills that are given yeah. them so i don 't know I think um we do as a country, though, right? Uh, health and wellness, uh, I'm going to say, starts at food. Look, you can work out all day. You go to the <laughs> gym every single day. But right. if the diet isn't right, the it's, workout's worthless. The, the workout's worthless. Yeah. Right? What do they say? Abs are formed in the kitchen, right? Abs yep. are formed in the kitchen, right? Yep. So, but I do believe that society from a cultural from our culture american culture you're literally you have to fight american culture every step of the way to actually be healthy yes to actually be right yes. And i have to tell you one of the things was not going out to eat right that was a big thing it's very like listen go go out look at those nutrition facts look at those menus look at the salt content try to fight right look at like even the, the thing even the healthiest thing, right? Go to you know if you go to TGI Fridays and get a get chicken breast, go look at the sodium content, right? And if you got high blood pressure, what do they tell you? No sodium, right? You can't eat anywhere. You can't no. eat anywhere. You can't. Celery sticks. you can't. I yeah. I got a loaf of bread. Look, I got rye bread from ShopRite, I looked at it. One slice, is four hundred and sixty milligrams of uh, of sodium. One slice of rye. Like you legitimately Salt is in everything. We use it in everything. We say it's killing us, but then we use it. So I mean, you know, we can go down the list, saturated fats, right? I mean, you can go down the list. Like you don't, I tell people, you literally have to struggle to even find the things that are supposedly right for you in a supermarket. And guess what? And then I read some whole thing about all the veggies and the stuff that they're sprayed on the veggies ain't any better for you either. No. Yo, let me <laughs> so, tell you. Me... I don't know, man, oh my God. the
0: food supply well, is a huge problem. Well, this is this is one of the things why I encourage people to, again, bring the energetics into the food, man, and clear it because like if people like, what the hell are you talking about? If you're thinking that, I'm glad you asked. It's about like the blessing. Okay, how are we blessing the food? Because chances are the food came from some sort of toxic bull crap in some sort of way. It had to be like adjusted, manufactured, um, bolstered by whatever it is, because like you said, there's so many things that are out there. Even when I look at some of the health and wellness, like the protein bars, like I can't even eat a lot of that shit, Stan, because the sodium content is through the freaking roof for like a half a bar. Right, which is the serving size that few people ever even recognize or abide by. So Mm -hmm. there's a part of it where, in our culture, and I think what, um, and coming back to what you're saying about like eat what's on your plate, that even comes in from a cultural perspective of the Great Depression, right? We're like, yo, there was times when people didn't have anything, and that's like the parental, and Mm -hmm. as a parent, I've I've done this myself, right? Where it's like, man, don't you know there's people starving? Like that's now I'm mm-hmm. now what I just did there is now I'm, I'm now I'm putting shame on my kid to finish something. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden they're gonna have a context around food, and I think it's like it's something that I was listening to. I think it was a Jay Ferragia podcast, um, and the guy was talking about people don't realize like the size of our plates have increased over the years. Like if you were look at the the size of George Washington's plate, that jug was like this. Now the plate is like this, <laughs> and then they fill that piece up because what you said before. Like I remember when I one of the things I did was uh when I was losing weight was I used the George Costanza method. When I, and what I mean by that is I ate everything with the knife and fork, right? And everything, mm-hmm. right? even if I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna get a donut," I would eat it with a knife and fork. Now knife I would and fork. get clowned about this constantly, and I was in sales. Like people were like, "Yo, look at this, motherfucker." What are you, man? What's wrong with you? Like, yo, get your ass like, get away from the table. But the thing was, is that I got fuller quicker. Cause I was cut to put the stuff down. I would end up eating half my plate because of what you said. Now my body's like, oh, we're full. 20 okay, minutes. Cool. Cool. Okay, good. I'm good. I would take the mm-hmm. other half home, and this is again what my mm-hmm. what my um, my former wife would be like. I can't believe you're going to take half that home. Now, mind you, when I got hungry again, maybe three or four hours later, mm-hmm. I would eat the other half. But the thing is, is like there's a conceptual part of what's happening in our culture, and our psyche, our collective psyche around food, and it's I think it's damaging to the health and well being, uh, or actually the overall function of what's happening in our body people i want to explain this to you as we start to wrap this up because like man stan i know you 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 work a lot so i want to make sure we honor <laughs> time. um and like, no you, yeah back yeah to yeah you, listen, listen this is a good topic
1: though man i mean it's it's there's so many dement well i just want to say this real quick there's just so yeah. many dimensions to it and i think and right. every family has their story right i mean yeah. we did some generalizing here but i think that every family has their story. and by the way i just want you to know what's interesting is because we we brought up asian and and i think that they eat two or three times more salt than we do on a daily basis but it doesn't impact them as much and i think that the reason why people think that is is because the amount of veggies and greens they do take in.
0: yeah yeah
1: right they kind of counteract right i you know Look, I'm not saying if we wake up tomorrow, June, but there's also chemistry, right, and, and and body chemistry, because, right, supposedly a lot, Italian folks can have, olive, seriously, I'm not even joking, I've seen studies on this, can have more olive oil, right, than you and I, and yeah. don't have the same impact. So I do think that mm-hmm. genetic makeup is interesting, um, kind of, you know, one thing can impact one ethnic group versus another one differently, right? Um, look, I'm not a doc. I've just I've just read some of this stuff randomly over time. Right. But it is interesting, right? Like, why can you and I do the same thing, but it impacts you differently than me, right? You know, genetic makeup, right? As a, as a big deal, right. right? We eat the same thing every day. We live in the same house, but I go and I have high blood pressure and you don't, but maybe you have high sugar levels, right? And I don't, right? So, so right. there is that difference of uh of of i think genetic makeup is important and i don't know how how far we are in the uh in the in the medicine or scientific area you know in terms of uncovering the differences based on people's genetics in that regard except by just telling me that i'm more prone to certain things right as a generalization (laughs) yeah
0: uh, i think that is a generalization man because uh you know and it's something. And I think, uh, if I would call correctly, I think Andrew and I, Andrew uh, uh, Trexer, we did the uh, the Heart podcast. That was the last podcast we did. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, like, you know, what he would see in the urban populations where, you know, these people, like, even though you would tell them certain things, like, look, man, you're this is what's going on with your numbers. You got to do this. And then they just would fail to do it um, because, like, there was really no... There was no uh, strategy, right? There was no, um, there was no really uh, detail around like, well, what are my numbers? Like what? And this is one thing Andrew told me. He was like, yo, make sure you stay in line with your Well, doctors. Like, what do they mean? Right. What do the numbers and mean? And what do they mean? Right. What do they mean, right. right? I run low. I run
1: high. Like, look, I'll tell you right now. I mean, look, I, you know, I'm teetering on the, I'm not te- I'm not teetering. I'm there. I'm with you on blood pressure. but. <laughs> you know, I did, I did blood work the other day and I was looking and what was interesting is I was like, okay, this is right. But then there was like a sodium number. Mine was dead in the middle of where it's supposed to be. Right. Mm. So I'm like, so is it salt impacting my blood pressure? or Is it something else? I'm just saying, right. Is it something else? Right. Is it something else? Right. I mean, who knows? Right. Um, but I was telling somebody, I think the one thing about blood pressure versus other things, and that's why they call it the silent killer is. You really don't feel anything in your body until you do, which you can tell me about, right? Right? Until you do. So um, I think that's one of the reasons why people probably tend to not act like, you know, look, diabetes, you got to put it, you know, you may take that, uh, um, take the, take the pill. But if you, if you need more than the pill, then you're taking a shot. So that's like a very direct Right. It feels very direct versus like, yeah, I'll pop my blood pressure pill, like whatever, like and you don't feel anything until you feel it. But I always say that. That's how come I always tell people that I know our bodies are leased, right? And they're not ours because I say this. No, no, and and I I say that is it is not interesting. No, I can't feel everything happening in my body right now. Mm. I can't tell my heart to stop pumping. I can't feel my liver. I mean, except people tell me as time goes on, I'm going to start to feel more and more things as I get older, right? Right. But I feel like one of the things that I've always found interesting about the human body is as long as everything is working, you legitimately don't feel anything.
0: Right, right.
1: Right, I don't feel... My, my lungs expanding and contracting right now while I'm talking. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's very, it's, I've always thought about that, you know, uh, very interesting in the sense of, uh, yeah, this thing must be borrowed because I don't feel things until it's pain. Pain. I feel, yeah. I always feel pain, yeah. right. When pain comes, we all feel it. Yep. But when it's things are sign. okay and running when, when it's uh, when, what is it? When it, when the, when the machine is well oiled, you don't feel anything.
0: It's wild, man. I think I and I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna start wrapping it on that, man. When the machine is well oiled, and and here we have... <laughs> and yo, we're in the forest, we're in the woods, man. We're about <laughs> to take a journey right now, right? So, I, um, you know, I think this conversation's been so vast that we we may have to come back in and do another one. Um, We'll we'll do this one though, in my um in my uh, mighty networks in new wellness neighborhood where we'll do a live so we can have people chime in mm-hmm. and like and have some have some data, like have some feedback. like, okay, hey, ask some questions. Let's get yeah. some insight because I think this is something, uh, especially for this podcast, men, men talk about. I'm opening this up to 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 women as well. I'm still focusing on men talking about these topics. And I think for people listening, this conversation, uh, my want for you or my invitation to you is to take consideration into what you're eating, and how that makes you feel. Uh, when I'm working with people as a trainer, even as a yoga, as a yoga instructor, I'm encouraging people like to like what kind of diet, what well, should I eat, this, I, uh, how does it make your body feel, what's your energy level like? Because these are the things that we have yet as a culture to really encourage for people. It's more of, okay, I have to consume X amount of calories over, I get to consume something that's gonna give me energy and mental clarity for X period of time. I get to choose something that'll help my- But Paul, I wanna tell you something about that. What's up?
1: I wanna tell you something about that. Yeah. One of the things that I learned on my journey around this is, which is very important. Mm -hmm. You don't know that you're feeling bad if you always
0: feel that way. That's a very good point. So one
1: of the things that you have to think about with all of this, and even when you're talking to people, that's why I'm saying this to you is if people have only lived one way, they don't understand the other side. Mm. Okay? So it's Mm. not until you get to the other side. Wow. It's not until you get to the other side that you go, hold on a second. Something was wrong. Here's an example. After Sunday lunch or dinner, right? What do you mean you don't take a nap after you eat? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? no food is energy food should energize you you should want to get out do more things right to your point right but if as a culture or as a family or as you know an however you want to look at it like think about it there are countries that literally have cs's in the middle of the day they go and eat and they take a nap and then go back to work but when you realize that food is supposed to energize you, right? As you said, right? Calories are energy. That's what it is. It's a measure of energy, right? right? It's supposed to make you feel better. You're not supposed to get groggy. You're not supposed to, "Oh, I ate too much. Oh, I can't walk now." Like you're not supposed to feel like that. You're supposed to eat and then get energy to then do the next task as you mentioned. Right. But reality is when you've only experienced the one side, And that's all you've ever known. You don't know what the other side is. Mm. And that's really the struggle.
0: Right. You're trying to convince
1: you're trying to not convince but You're trying to help people get to the other side when they you know, you may know what it's like. I may know what it's like, but they do not. And it's almost like you got to say, hey, trust me on this journey. I need you to trust me on this journey. Let's make baby steps, right? See, one of the things is I, I you know, I know they all, people always say, it, I hate the term diet. And yeah, it's right, Let's diet, even if you're eating bad, it's a diet, right? I mean, right. you know, right. you know, I say that the reason there's so many, quote, diets is because as long as it works for one person, it's a diet, right? Hey, it worked for me. Maybe it'll work for you, right? That's why you got 10,000 different diets. Yep. The reality is everyone is different. Our composition is different. You know, we get impacted differently. And to your point is, try to find what works for you. Right. If, if you got told, if you got medically diagnosed that you have a, an, an intolerance to lactose, or to gluten, then it probably would be in your advantage to not have lactose or gluten, right? I don't care how good it tastes, right? But now you're fighting what you know you should do versus what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I do believe the the feeling. Look, I and I and I remember this. I had a friend who was allergic to shrimp, who says nothing crazy. You know, ends up looking like Hitch. You know, like like Will Smith from Hitch sometimes. Yeah. And every single she goes, Yo, I gotta go. I love shrimp, man. I gotta go down today. I'm eating it. You know. So sometimes we also accept the the penalties of our actions, right? right. So, but I said all that to just say at the end of the day, and and I think it's very helpful for anybody. Even, listen. And you talk about doctors. Let me tell you something. Right. It's very hard sitting in a doctor's office who's overweight, who's overworked, who's got all the same issues you and I have, and they're trying to tell you what to do. I hate to say it. It's very hard. It's very hard to listen to that person. Yep. Right? right. Or you see him smoking outside or something like that. I'm just saying, like, so, you know, the <laughs> gotcha. messenger, I think, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm being honest. The yeah. messenger is important, you know? Yeah. And look, I remember I had my 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 old trainer before you know, f- knowing you would flow and these guys and i remember he used to always say i remember the last time i had a slice of pizza and like, when he said 1984 when my la my youngest son was born and he and he used to say my body is my average is what i this is what i do right so i i have to look a certain way or in his mind, right? Because this is the product that I'm selling you. Right. So he's like kinda I gotta practice what I preach. But reality is I think it's very hard for people to see themselves on the other side because they don't know what the other side is like. And you can relate you can take wow. that concept and you can put that in many different things, like, hey, I'm telling you, go to college, it's gonna be great, or 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 you get a better job or quit your job i'm telling you there's more out there for you or leave that bad relationship i'm telling you there's more options for you right you can literally go down the list but people don't know what the other side is and they don't know how it's going to make them feel they don't know they don't know what they're going to have and there is you got to be able to convince you know not convince but um to relay the like you just got to trust me through the process like Mm -hmm. trust me like and and the pain that they're feeling right or the issues they have have to be greater than the wants than the other things that they want and that's what look and that's what happened to me and I think that's what happened to you at some point in time like I said me being in Vegas at that time that feeling that was ill I I need to do anything I need to do to never feel like that again in that moment. Mm. Right. And I did. Yeah. So, but I tell everybody, like, you know, I got a buddy, I got a buddy who's a, who's a state trooper now. But before he became a state trooper, he had to lose weight. And he he tried to lose weight a hundred times before. But until he wanted that, he wanted that better than anything else, he did it. So, you know, like I said, I don't know. You we gotta find the reasons why. You gotta yeah. find the why.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? We you God gotta find God, the man. why. And the why yeah, is it because important. my doctor told me. What's that? The why isn't because my doctor told me. Right. I said, the why isn't because my doctor told me to. That's yeah.
0: not the why. That's not. So. Man. yeah, but Thank you for that, man. That's thank it. That that's reminder. all I got on
1: that for you, brother. <laughs> yeah,
0: Yo, that's, that's helpful because like, um, and thank you for that, because that helps me realize as much as I think I'm being empathetic, like I do get to recognize for the other person that they have yet to see what the other side is like. And that's a matter of trust. <laughs> Right. That's a matter of being able to trust the process and trust something different and being curious and willing. man. Um, and, and that's a piece, mm-hmm. to because if I'm telling someone to do something, they got to be willing to do it and curious to know what the other side could be, uh, because, you know, in light with everything that we've talked about in the podcast, there is an energetic, there's a collective Um, Napoleon Hill calls this the drift, um, where there's a drift of like, people will put you up into their ways of being they will project on you as far as like how you should and shouldn't do the word should in itself is shaming. So, uh, as we start to wrap up here as we wrap up, I want to encourage everyone like listen to this as many times as you need to and also. Be curious and willing as to what the other side can be, because we all are aligned to a collective, a culture, a drift, which is how we've been raised, how we've been conditioned. And based on what we've said today, and what I heard Stan say, and what I was saying as well, is that every one of us is different. The bio individuality of us, we respond differently to different things. So I encourage you all to. Try something, do something different. When this is coming out to the beginning of the year. Everybody's like, I'm gonna lose weight, whatever that is. That's I new year, new me. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, uh, whatever you resolve to do, because first of all, a little language lesson if you have a resolution that's outside of yourself, versus if you resolve to do something, it's in you, it's within your capability. You're making the willingness and the courage and having the courage to do something different. So Blessing Stan. Thank you. Stan, if people like if people like yo, I'm digging this cat's vibe. How do I get in contact with them? First of all, do you want people to contact? All right, you? all right. Um <laughs> yeah, I don't have a problem.
1: I don't have a problem. I'm i the easiest man in America to find. So look, uh, you guys can uh here, I'm gonna make it easy for you. Actually, I don't have it the background, but listen, let's just do this. Yeah. Uh IG is S G L O U uh, I S S A I N T. So S G Lewison. You guys can catch me on IG. That'll probably be the easiest thing. Um, and then uh, email too. is visually appealing things. That.
0: What's that? I'm visually sorry to appealing
1: things. Yep. 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 No, 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 no. You're fine. Hey, I want to. I want to leave you off with a quote. I yeah. want to leave you off with a quote, and this is. Uh, you know our buddy Will Smith, which unfortunately has been in the news for things I rather not not know about. But oh, uh, they said they got to take him and Jada's mic away. Oh no, Jesus. no, I was talking about him and Jada, right? All the, all their mess.
0: But the, uh, but this uh, is a we'll good talk quote about that another time offline.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, but I gotta give, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give, but I gotta share. I'm gonna share this this quote for him. Bless self self discipline is the center of all material success. You cannot win the war against the world if you cannot win the war against your own mind.
0: Mm. Mm. Bless up, man. Thank you, Will Smith and Stan. Thank you. I uh, also want to highlight, if you're listening to this and you have IT, computer issues, you have a small business, you're looking to get level up in IT. Stan, can you talk, can you talk a little bit about your service on cue? On cue. This is why it's my man. This is, why, this is why it's my man right here, right here. Sure, sure, sure. Hey, hey, I'm about to
1: cover my face. I'm about to stop my face down. I'm about to hide me, right? I'm about to hide you. There you go. So I'm just kidding, man. No, no, real talk. So, no, seriously. So Flu Design's, like I said, full service IT provider, uh, based out here in Union, New Jersey um actually to be honest with you i do work with people all over the country and international at times so if anybody has a small business you need uh uh you're not happy what your current person is doing you need help going forward you know feel free to reach out um you know that's it man we're here we're here to help so fluiddesigns.com F L U I D D E S I G N scom Perfect. I'm going to put Here's those my in the show notes. There it is. <laughs> Yo,
0: I'm going to hey. hold up that. Stan, go back there for a second. I'm going to see if I can bring that. I'll go back. Go back. Right. There you go. Oh, oh, go ahead. Wait. Jeez, Jeez. Hold on a
1: second. You got me messing around. There we go.
0: Yeah. Take <laughs> it in, people. Take it in. <laughs> and um, listen, uh, I want to highlight no. two stands. So go to my man. Knowledgeable, knowledgeable. He's been in the business. I saw you, oh. you know, 30 years, I think, because you started this when you were 16. no nah, so tw-
1: yes, 20, 20. So yeah, so okay. I officially hit 20 years uh, last month. Okay. Um, I like to joke around that I was young enough not to uh sign not to be able to sign valid contracts, but my clients never knew that. But I was old enough to pay taxes, they always gonna get the taxes,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> That's like right, because I've I've got 40, been my jokes. age yeah you're 30 you're younger you're a little, little younger yeah than I am. so blessings to you yeah, and also yeah, yeah well that's what that's why i'm always taking notes man that's why i'm always taking notes my man that's a, it's a smart man so man people everyone um thank you thank you thank you check in we have a new platform we're on mighty networks now it's new wellness n-e-w-e-l-l-n-e-s dot club c-l-u-b um, it's a place for us to speak. We're going to have the podcast on there. We're going to have some live men talk about podcasts. Um, this is a space for us to learn, a space for us to develop, and a space for us to practice and integrate these things that we learn. So we're, not, we don't keep, we, we, we're free of keeping learning without really integrating this knowledge. So this is what the space is about. Come check us out there. A lot of great things on there for everyone. So I'm excited for you to join the Mighty Networks and New Wellness Neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. Stan, thank you again so much for this conversation. This was real, bro. I appreciate you, man. Um, and thank you, everyone. Blessings. Until next time. Peace. Yeah, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Men Talk About podcast. This is your host, Paul. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for staying to the end. Stay, thanks, for, thanks for getting all the gems. Thanks for supporting this podcast. Thanks for supporting these conversations that men are having, these authentic conversations that men are having. And hey, listen, if you like this conversation and you want to have more authentic conversation, men, women, with all in a collective, join me in Mighty Networks at New Wellness Neighborhood. New Wellness, N-E-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S dot C-L-U-B. Check it out. This is a community for people that want to grow, people that want to do the inner work, people that want to educate themselves and educate others. Join us and thank you for checking out the podcast. And until next time, peace.